your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also the host of Leafs Lunch and known as Al's Brothers on TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That will be much, much appreciated. And make us your first listen of the day. Make it a daily routine. Subscribe and listen to Locked On Leafs for your daily Leafs listening pleasure. Uh, all right, Maple Leafs with a sweet 3-0 victory over the New York Islanders, who are now winners of 11 of their last 13, just two off of the division lead now of the uh, the Florida Panthers. But a big-time win over the New York Islanders. We're going to be joined by Gil Martin of Locked On Isles in, uh, in a few moments. But I figured I'd go through my three stars of the game, as we do after every Leafs victory, before we get into the game with, uh, with Gil. But... Overall, uh, my 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 first uh, first impressions of tonight's game is that it was a pretty good one. Good, you know, they started out well. There was good pace right from the drop of the puck. The Boo Birds were out there for John Tavares, obviously, uh, as we as we all expected. But this is the first game. Uh, that they played the Islanders in their new building, just a second game at the UBS Arena. And a fun little nugget that I saw out there on social media is that in 74 games at their old building, Nassau Coliseum, they were unable to record a shutout, just took one game tonight to record a shutout at the new UBS Arena. And their shutout was recorded by young Joseph Wall, the third-round pick back in 2016, gets his first career shutout in his second career game, made all 20 stops, five high-danger saves, on the night there was an expected goals against of 2.28 the guy was tracking the puck pretty well I thought the Islanders had a couple of chances the Leafs did a pretty good job though of supporting him you know they didn't do uh all that great a job of of giving him some help against Buffalo his second start they did a much better job played a much more full uh 200 foot game tonight in front of him and he's able to get a shutout the team's fourth shutout actually um of the season at least their fourth shutout of the month as well. Uh, but yeah, Joseph Walt, big, great big win, and he gets my first star of the game, actually. We're going to start with the first star, just because I already want to talk about Joseph Walt right off the bat. But he was fantastic, man, really, really good. And if, if, if he can play like he did tonight, where he can just make the saves that he needs to, be calm in the crease, and he was very calm in the crease, I thought. There's only a couple of instances where I felt the Islanders were pressing and the Islanders had to move around a little bit um but hey you know what he he made the stops he had to um you know tron did a good job of limiting a lot of a lot of uh you know chances right out in front of him they did a good job of clearing the nets uh but you know joseph wall i thought held his own and if he can turn out to be a quality quality backup goaltender this team's in a really good position you know especially with Peter Mrazek out for a little bit longer if they feel comfortable that Joseph Wall can can get it done maybe he can end up getting some spot starts no longer just on night two of back-to-back duty maybe he's earned an extra start to give um, Jack Campbell just you know one more little game of rest you know a couple more days of rest and 
you know, we, we talked about going into the year how it was supposed to be a tandem and, you know, getting Jack Campbell that needed rest is certainly something that probably would be better for him. And if Joseph Wall could play the way he did tonight um, and the team could play it the way they did on a nightly basis, I believe that he's proven now, well, proven I guess it's only been two games but you know he's proven that it is possible that the team can can get a big win against a pretty good team um with Joseph Wall in net so he gets my first star uh, my second star of the game we're giving it to Mitch Marner this guy was electric all night long right from the right from the get-go ended up playing 19 minutes 42 seconds of ice time had two goals on the night on four shots um, one of which coming on the penalty kill where he just kind of gets behind Barzell and comes in on a breakaway backhand and puts it in behind uh, Ilya Sorokin. So that was the first goal of the hockey game. And then he also gets the third goal of the hockey game um, with his second of the night, intercepting a pass, uh, cross-ice pass, and then gave a little give-and-go with bunting. He head off to the net, bunting kind of centering pass, and Marner able to kind of tip it in through the net, and it trickles into the back of the net. Next thing you know, it's 3 nothing Leafs, and this one was pretty much sealed from there on out. Um, but, you know, on the ice for 76% expected goals for, he really, he was just electric, man. The way that he was skating tonight, the way that he held the puck, had so much confidence carrying it. You know, he had some really good opportunities. He set up Matthews for a good chance, set up Bunting for a really good chance as well. Um, the puck was just seemed to be on a stick all night long, and, uh, you know, he's playing with a lot of swagger. Lots of swagger tonight, lots of confidence. He was stick handling really well. One of his better games of the season, and obviously he was rewarded with a couple of couple of goals played well in the pk as he always does um so mitch marner gets my second star of the game and i'm giving the third star of the game to andre kasha yep he was the other lone goal scorer outside of mitch marner tonight for the maple leafs he had a really nice goal which is actually just a really nice play all around by that line um kasha got the puck uh, and kind of got tipped in to negate the icing call. Tipped in by Nick Ritchie, who then chased after the puck, got on the got on the horse there, chased after it, was able to reach around the defender and poke it over to Camp, who was in the corner, and again Camp spots Kasha barreling to the net, and then a nice one timer uh, in front of the goal, and Kasha makes it two nothing to extend their lead. Um, but he was really good all night long. I mean, this guy, this line, Camp and Kasha, they just keep impressing me night after night after night. Like, you know, uh, five shots on goal, which is second to Austin Matthews, um, 74% expected goals for, and 66% high danger chances. And what's amazing to me about this is that more usually – they get zero offensive opportunities. Tonight, they actually got a couple of chances just because they were rewarded with 37% offensive zone starts, which I think was only two or three face-off, uh, face-offs in the offensive zone. But typically, this is a team that has you know a majority of defensive zone starts but consistently put up great possession numbers and always have the puck in the offensive end. Um, but Andre Kasha, like this dude, just such a motor, man. Making a couple of block shots. There was that scare in the third period where he blocked a shot and kind of went off. You saw on the broadcast, he was walking away holding his wrist. I wasn't sure if it was from the shot block or if it was because he landed weird and awkwardly on his wrist, but he ended up coming back out, um, so he didn't even miss a shift on it. But then in the final play, look, this is something that, Kasha, I love the heart. I love the motor, but sometimes it's, you know, there's a time and a place when you're up 3 nothing with about 12 seconds left and you're in on a two-on-one with with uh, with Pierre Engvall, 
don't you know go balls to the wall and then take a take a spill and put yourself in a position where you go head first knock you the back of your head off of the post and then end up coming off the ice and for a guy like Andre Kasha who does have a, a a long history of concussion problems I did not like seeing that and with 12 seconds left in a game there's kind of no use for that um, I get it you want to play from whistle to whistle a full 60 but don't put yourself in a position where you could get hurt and hopefully I haven't heard anything uh, as of now I'm recording this like directly after the game but I, I you know hopefully the he didn't get hurt and it was just it looked worse uh, on on TV than it was in real life let's just hope that's the case here because Kasha has been an an outstanding player for the Maple Leafs. He really has been. He's been so consistent too. Um, you know, once he he finally got going after the first, you know, ten, eight, eight-ish games into the year, he was still kind of trying to find his way with this team. But now he really is gelling. He's grooving. He knows what his role is, and and, and he's doing it to to the best of his abilities. He and Camp together have been an outstanding duo. Um, and they played tonight with Nick Ritchie, who I actually thought had a decent game. That line, I kind of had a, a weird feeling about it going into the game. I was like, why are you taking Engvall off that line and putting Nick Ritchie? It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, to be honest. But I had actually thought that they played well. I, I did. I thought Nick Ritchie had himself uh, a decent game. And, um, you know, he didn't have to think too much. He just went in on the four check. He he laid a couple of hits early, set the tone that he was going to try and be physical against a physical Islanders team. And I guess as, as a third liner, a, a checking line, that's kind of what you got to do. Be physical. And, and, and he was. So, you know, kudos to him. It's not a role that I, I thought I envisioned Nick Ritchie excelling in. But I wouldn't say he excelled tonight, but he did good enough. And I thought that he actually played rather well um so you know I'm, I'm giving the special spotlight to Andre Kasha as my third star but that third line I thought played uh, extremely extremely well themselves uh, a couple other notables I would say from tonight's game um you know uh Matthews had a had a really good game tonight as well but Austin Matthews I was taking a look at this and it's really interesting his goal scoring at five on five is has really dried up really really dried up he is second in the nhl in expected goals at five on five second in the nhl in expected goals at five on five yet he is tied technically for 160th in actual goal score just two goals at five on five this year for austin matthews through 16 games not uh not what i thought i would be not what i figured would happen i think actually it might be uh, 17 games now after tonight's game but this is a category where Matthews has excelled in, you know, in his career since coming into the NHL. I'm pretty sure he leads all skaters in goals at five on five. And for whatever reason, that production just has not been coming this season. Um, you could look at that one of two ways, either, you know, maybe there's something wrong with Matthews that there's an injury of sorts, but he's getting his chances. Like I said, second in individual expected goals. So that to me sounds like someone is just snake bitten and uh, the goals are going to come. I mean, he did have a really good chance. Um, what was it, in the first period, I want to say? Maybe it's even in the second period. But he did have a really, really good chance uh, uh, tonight. A couple of good chances tonight to score and then just didn't, uh, wasn't able to do so. But, I, I, I mean, I, I think law of averages, it's going to balance out. I think that he will end up kind of... Um, 
he'll uh, end up starting to put the puck in the back of the net rather soon at 5-on-5. Five five. Not just on the power play, but at 5-on-5. Five five. Also, the power play tonight, yeesh, gross. 0-for-3, and they were just putrid. Just putrid. They, they couldn't, couldn't hold the line. They couldn't get in the zone to set up. Having a really tough time setting up. It was very reminiscent to what it was earlier in the season when it was not working. And something else, too, that I realized they weren't doing tonight. They weren't really utilizing the man down low. You know, Mitch Marner, when he had the puck down low in behind the net and he was able to kind of, you know, assess things from in behind the goal and and that was leading to success. Haven't quite, you know, didn't see that today. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, but maybe that's a reason why they went 0 for 3 and was not really uh, threatening on the power play whatsoever. Um, I mean, they technically won the special teams battle because they did score a shorthanded goal um, and killed off all three of the penalties that they took. But overall, you know, the power play, it's now back-to-back games where they've struggled again. You know, they weren't great against Pittsburgh either. Uh, so hopefully... Um, they can get back to back to the success because they were what like almost fifty percent heading into the weekend over the last ten games. So um, hopefully they can figure things out and get that power play rolling again. And I think that the utilization of the man down low was working. Hopefully they can kind of get back to that and find some ways to to score on the man advantage, but also find ways to score at five on five as well. Actually, uh, I did see a stat. Uh, I'm going to bring this stat up right now, and I got to credit um, ESPN reporter Kristen Shilton, who formerly of TSN, but now currently of ESPN, talking about the lack of five-on-five scoring as a whole. So I talked about John, or I talked about Austin Matthews lacking that five-on-five scoring, which probably is also a major uh, reason for this. But tonight. Uh, through 20 games, they did end up scoring two more goals. No, one more goal. I think they scored one or two more goals at five on five. Um, but after this, because through two periods of play tonight, and then both of the other goals they had scored afterwards. But so through two periods into game 20, um, they had had only 30 goals through 20 games. Through 20 games last season, they had 45 goals at five on five. 43 the year before that, 46, 47, then 46 in Austin Matthews' rookie year. So this is a drastic change. This is quite literally like a 33% drop in scoring through the first 20 games at 5-on-5 from last season. That is a drastic, drastic drop here. Um, So that the fact that this team is doing so well, the fact that they are what, 13-6-1 and one, and only two points out of first place in the division while having a 33% drop in 5-on-5 five five scoring through the first 20 games is actually wild to me. Um, now, the power play the last little bit has been operating at an, an unrealistic rate at 40%, so I don't expect for that to happen. But I do expect for the 5-on-5 five five goal scoring to definitely... Uh, start to pick up. I mean, they're getting their chances. They really are. Even Michael Bunting is third in the NHL in individual expected goals. Third in the NHL. He's getting his chances. You know, that guy out in front of the net, he had another good chance tonight. Marner set him up in front and wasn't able to put it into the back of the net. So, you know, we, you've got Wayne Simmons, who seemingly has two or three really good looks in front of the goal every single night, but just unable to finish. The finishing ability of a lot of these depth guys on the Maple Leafs hasn't 
quite uh, found its way into the back of the net. If if you're not Andre Kasha, but you know, outside of Kasha, I would say. Um, but eventually, I think it's gonna it's gonna happen. You know, Simmer's gonna get on the get on the score sheet here soon. You gotta think Nick Ritchie's gonna score a goal at some point here. You know, provide some little itty itty bit of offense. You know, you've got Camp who's got a couple of goals, but Bunting's gonna have to score pretty soon. You would think um, Kerfoot. Maybe he can get a goal. He's been racking up the assists, but you know the goals haven't really been coming to him too too much. And then Austin Matthews is is the the main guy who I believe is going to have to experience a big uptick in in five on five goal scoring. It just has to. It's just gotta happen, man. It's it's what he's done in his whole career. It's just bizarre how much he's struggling to put the puck in the net at five on five this season. It's not something that is sustainable for long term success for the Maple Leafs. But at the same time, I also think that this is just, you know, this is something that certainly is going to even out at some point due to the law of averages. And then we'll we'll start to see a bit more of an uptick in goals. And maybe this will be when we start to see more, you know, sizable victories as opposed to these tight games. Because if they can play tight, but then also have some of those chances go in, then they'll be winning games 3, 4, 5, 1, right? Instead of having to grind out a 2-1 game or a 3 nothing game, all you need is a couple of those chances to, to go in, and you still lock it down defensively, and all of a sudden you're winning games by a larger margin by still playing a quality brand of hockey, right? Kind of like the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they blow out some teams, but they play a solid brand of hockey, the, the St. Louis Blues, right? So it, this this happens, um, and it's possible that this team is, is only scratching the surface in offense, and if they can keep up their defensive play the way that they've played the last dozen or so games, I really do think that these Maple Leafs have a really good chance to compete this year. I truly, truly believe it. Uh, all right, we'll continue chatting about this game when we return here on the Locked On These podcast. Going to be joined by Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. Uh, so we'll do all that when we return here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you all your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows in all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's a no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hey, folks. Welcome back in. I am Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked on Leafs. And joined with me to talk about tonight's game is Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at Ice Wars NYR versus NYI. We will talk about that in just a moment, actually. Uh, or at Locked on Isles. He is the host of Locked on Islanders. Gil, how are you feeling after a 3 nothing loss to the Leafs here? Well, it uh, wasn't a great performance by the Islanders, that's for sure. This team is hurting right now, missing a lot of players, a lot of guys in COVID protocol. And when you lose six in a row, it's not a good thing. But I'll tell you, I was impressed by the way the Leafs played tonight. 
Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was going to kind of leave with that a little bit here, but I, like six losses in a row. I, I mean, this is a team, and for those who aren't aware, probably your listeners are, but mine, the Islanders started off the season with 13 straight games on the road, and they were doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, the final four, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit, and it's carried over into their first two games in the new building. Um, yeah, things not going too, too well for you guys, but I'll say this. Despite, you know, five, six losses in a row, that building was rocking tonight. It was, and there's a lot of enthusiasm for the new building. I mean, this has been a long time coming, and uh, fans are enthused, but uh, not so thrilled with the product that they saw on the ice. Yeah, I think you were saying they've only got six goals in the last six games. Yeah, tough to, you know, I mean, you saw, I mean, here is, Joseph Wall, what is he playing in his second NHL game, third yeah. NHL game? Uh, and, and they had 20 shots on goal in, in this game. And how many of them were quality chances? Two, maybe. Uh, so not a lot of pressure. I mean, I give credit to Wall for the shutout, but he wasn't tested that often. Yeah, I, I think the Maple Leafs as a team just, like, did really good to support him tonight. Uh, in the first game he played against Buffalo, there wasn't much defensive support. He kind of got peppered and allowed four goals, but, you know, they didn't help him out too, too much. Tonight I thought that the Leafs did a much better job as a, an overall team defensive game. And the Islanders are a tough team. Like, they're a team that likes to to get up and get find the, the center of the ice out in front of the goaltender. And they did a couple of times. You know, they, they got their chances. But for the most part, I was impressed uh, – with the Leafs kind of negating a lot of opportunities for the Islanders tonight. Yeah, and that was, you know, as someone who doesn't watch the Leafs game in and game out, I was impressed with the overall team defense that they played. I mean, yeah. they, the reputation Toronto has is, oh, they can outscore you in seven different ways, but they'll give up almost as many goals as they'll score. And yet, you know, this team played a solid defensive game in front of the young goaltender. So I was, I was impressed. That's kind of what the Leafs' new identity is, though. Like, I, I, I was having a, a conversation with John Chick, actually, because we played the of, uh, Locked On Rangers, because we played them just the other day, and, and, you know, the Maple Leafs got a 2-1 win, another, you know, low-scoring, tight, grinded-out victory. And he was saying the same thing, that he's surprised, because the, the, the Leafs in the past have kind of been a track-meet team. You know, they cheat for offense a little bit, which they give up some on the defensive end. And then a lot of times the Leafs were, were in 6-4, six, 6-5, six, you know, hockey games. That's not been the case this year. There's been a lot of low-scoring games. And like I've been saying, if, if you bet the unders at betonline.ag in a lot of these uh, Leafs games, much like the Islanders games, I'm sure, um, you know, you, you probably are making a decent amount of money. It's, it's really just – weird how they've really flipped the switch and they've bought into this team defensive mentality not much dissimilar than the New York Islanders who have kind of been the 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 icons of lock it down play good structure defensive hockey you know the way that Barry Trotz has had that team play in the last couple of seasons a couple of conference finals berth the last two years some real success over the past couple of seasons and the Leafs I think are finally starting to understand and the team is that they're not going to have much success like they haven't had unless they learn how to play in these close tight games. And uh, they're, so they're starting it now. They're not waiting until, you know, April, May to figure out if they could play in these games. They've been doing it all year long and uh, they're, they're finding success, which is a really good thing to see. But um, is there a specific player tonight or a couple of players that you felt uh, had a really, really good game on either side? Well, uh, you know, the, 
Andre Cachet, I think I was very impressed with the way he played. I mean, he had the goal and, and just, I, I think he was sort of, you know, getting down low and making some plays down low. And then obviously Mitch Marner, who scored twice, did a very good job. Uh, yeah, he was I mean, buzzing, eh? He he was buzzing all over the place tonight. It seemed like he had a magnet attached to his stick in the puck, and like it just always ended up on his stick. And the way that he was handling tonight, the way he was skating, oh, yeah. it, it was really impressive. It was one of his best games of the year, I thought, and he was dangerous a lot of the time um, on ice. He had a seventy-six percent expected goals for percentage, and you know, a couple of high danger chances. I thought Marner tonight was probably the best forward out there on the ice on both sides of the on both sides. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. And he look, he's dangerous anytime he touches the puck. He is a, a skilled and talented player. You know, one other thing that sort of surprised me is that Islander fans still booing John Tavares every time. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, guys. Let it go. It's been, what, three years now? I mean, it's, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. There, there you go, Islanders fans. Your boy, Gil, is telling y'all to let it go. Let it be, let it be. Um, and he, he didn't score tonight, which would have been awesome if he did kind of put one in front of the, the New York faithful. But, you know, I, I still thought he actually had a pretty good game. You know, he was hearing the boo birds early, but he was still kind of going out there, mucking things up, winning board battles, winning one-on-one -on -one battles on, in open ice. And, you know, that, that's kind of John what John Tavares does. He's not flashy, but he's subtle, and he's just really solid. I thought he had a solid game um, as, as well tonight. But, look, if there's one thing that I didn't like tonight, and, and I credit also the, the Islanders' penalty kill, but the, the least power play was putrid. They couldn't get anything going. And I think maybe what was really uh, a big reason for it was the fact that the Islanders just clogged up the the blue line every time they tried to enter into the offensive zone they didn't really allow them to get set up which is a big problem that the Maple Leafs had earlier in the year and they seem to have rectified it but for whatever reason it kind of those like it just kind of crept back up today and the Islanders did a good job of stifling that power play which had been operating at about a 40 percent clip the last 10 games yeah, no, the Islanders' penalty kill rose to the occasion. I wish I could say even close to that for the Islanders' power play. Uh, giving up the shorthanded goal on a four-on-three power play is uh, pretty ugly. And, uh, you know, uh, right now the Islanders in the month of November have given up three, power, uh, three shorthanded goals. I don't know if they've scored three power play goals this month. I don't believe they have, and that's, that's something that can't continue. That, you know, that's the kind of stat that, is indicative of a six-game losing streak. Well, yeah, and to, to be honest, that's the first shorthanded goal I believe the Leafs had all year. Then had yeah. shorthanded goal all season long, and then Mitch Marner uh, able to get that. Oh, maybe Kashe actually may have scored one shorthanded now that I think about it, but that could have been the first one of the season. But, you know, they, they're not known for scoring when they're shorthanded. They do get a lot of opportunities, and, like, I, I like to ask people this around the league because it surprises people when they see someone like Mitch Marner, who's on the penalty kill, like typically you don't see the superstars, the skilled superstars like that killing off penalties, but it really, for whatever reason, like it works. Mitch Marner is a terrific penalty killer. Is that something that surprises you as an Islander fan? It surprises me that they put him on the penalty kill. It doesn't yeah. surprise me that he's good at it. I mean, he's fast. He's tenacious. He'll chase people uh, when necessary. And I think his, his speed and his hockey sense would make him a good penalty killer. It's just right. 
you know, a lot of teams would say that's not the best use of this guy if we're only going to be able to play him 22 minutes. Better to have him out there when he has offensive opportunities. But I think it's a smart move by the coaching staff because essentially he has the skill set to be effective in that role. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars have only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar. Or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is the great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two now. Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at BuiltBar.com regularly, so make sure you're checking the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Make sure you mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go BuiltBart.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The Leafs with a 3-0 win over the New York Islanders tonight in their second game in their new building. I'm Mike DiStefano, the, the host of Locked on Leafs with Gil Martin, the host of Locked on Islanders. And I don't know if you saw this, but the Leafs were 0 for 74 0 for 74 when uh, when trying to go for the shutout at Nassau. Now one for one at the new UBS arena. Did you see that? I did not see that. I am sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, the change of arena worked out best for the Maple Leafs. Um, Gil, so a, a couple of things I guess I'll ask you about the Islanders because – uh, like I said, I, I, they were off to a pretty good start, and then they went on that 13-game road trip, and they've seemed to have just fizzled a little bit. What to you, what have you seen over this six-game stretch has kind of led to this team's uh, poor play as of late? Well, special teams, for one, especially the power play, which we did touch on. They, yeah. they are not moving the puck well on the power play, although tonight they did have, I think, one pretty good power play opportunity but for the most part they're not moving without the puck and they're not moving the puck well uh not setting up in the zone not getting a lot of uh, offensive zone time and they just look extremely disorganized on the power play so that has really hurt them and then you know right now with six players on the COVID list uh you know that that doesn't help either i mean anders lee out brock nelson left this game after the first period anthony bavillier missed saturday's game came back for this game uh three of the top six defensemen out of the lineup so that that doesn't help either before that i think the road trip just playing 13 straight road games kind of tired this team out and some of the guys you know zach parise hasn't scored a goal yet you know they're, they're pressing and, and I think that frustration, guys like Palmieri, guys like Parise, uh, struggling to put the puck in the net. And, and, you know, the longer something like that goes on, the worse it makes it. And I, I think this team is sort of struggling to find its offensive identity right now. Well, Zach Parise, like there was a couple of chances he had in the slot 
but just wasn't able to put it on goal. Wasn't putting these pucks on net at all. But whoops. <laughs> but they had a lot of chances, I thought. Um, and, and and you spoke about the one power play that they had. That was really, I think, the one real dominant stretch that the Islanders played tonight was uh, late in the second period when Spezza took that penalty. Um, they really, really started to to get some momentum. They started to move the puck around. And I think the Leafs were out there for like two minutes, maybe even more than two minutes. They're penalty killers, and they just had no gas. And they ended up icing the puck afterwards. And I was like, oh no, they iced the puck. They're gonna get some fresh legs out there. If they don't win this next faceoff, like this could get ugly with a bunch of tired legs out there. It's not like you could call a timeout either. So I was like, uh-oh, this, this isn't looking good because the, the crowd started to get back into it after being silenced early on, and it wasn't looking good. But Joseph Wall made a couple of big key saves in that little scrum. There was a couple of blocks as well in that little uh, that little you know skirmish, a uh, little scramble in, in that little two-minute uh, two interval of the game. I'd say that was probably the, the one time where – the Islanders took control, but outside of that, I, I felt that the Maple Leafs actually did a really good job of, of controlling the game. And it, what's interesting about it is they played kind of a, an Islanders style of game. They, they, they played a, a well-structured shut it down. Don't cheat for offense. No nonsense kind of game. I mean, there's only what one, nothing going into the, going into the third period. And then they're able to score again, uh, you don't know, get one goal and then a second goal in the third and to build on it. But you know, they really beat the Islanders at their own game, which I thought is is actually really quite impressive. It, it was. And, you know, unfortunately, the, as far as the Islanders go, uncharacteristically, they have not been able to play the usual strong defense they played last year, the year before, et cetera. They've been turning the puck over in their own zone, having trouble clearing the puck. You know, those are the things they've always traditionally done best under Barry Trotz. And right now they aren't getting that done. And it really has, you know, if, if your strength becomes your weakness, your weakness becomes even weaker. I mean, there's just, uh, you know, it's tough to win hockey games when you're not doing the things you usually do well, well. Yeah. So like where, where do you think the Islanders are going next from here? Like at what point do you think, is there a stretch of games where or a stretch of days they have a couple of off days to kind of try and write the ship coming up here, or is it a still kind of a tough part of the schedule for them? It's still a tough part of the schedule, but here's the thing. The Rangers are coming up on, on Wednesday, and when the Rangers and the Islanders meet, if you don't get up for those games, you're not getting up for any game. So, you know, it's kind of like Leafs Habs, you know. I mean, it, those, those are the games you get up for. Uh, so I, I just – I think that having the Rangers and Islanders meet for the first time in a couple of days will be sort of the inspiration to maybe get this team to shake things off if they have enough healthy players to actually field the team. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, six guys out of the lineup and then Brock Nelson left mid-game. Not, 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 not an easy way to win hockey games when half your team really belongs in the AHL. Right. And funny enough, <laughs> the Leafs have lost a couple of those early in the year. I don't know if you remember that they played a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lost seven to one. There yeah. was no Crosby. There was no Malkin. There was no Russ. There was no Latang. There was no Gensel. There was a couple wow. other guys who were missing too, and they lost seven to one. It was embarrassing. Um, and the Leafs, they've really rallied since then and become one of the more 
dominant teams uh, in, in all of hockey since then, really. And they've been, they've been real solid. I mean, this is a team that's now won, uh, what, 11 of their last 13? Yeah, 11 of the last 13 games. So, you know, they're on a good stretch. They're on a good run here. Um, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. But hopefully, you know, your Islanders can kind of get off the schneid here and they can start putting pucks in the back of the net. And hopefully the Islanders and Islanders faithful can start celebrating some wins inside that new arena too. I hope so. I, I think, look, this team has a great coach and some good talent. Get them healthy and I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, Gil. So uh, I, I talked about this, or I've been talking about this really on my show for the last little bit. I'm a big, I'm an avid uh, collector, I guess you could say. I like to collect things, whether it's sports cards or sports memorabilia. Do you have any type of memorabilia or any cool memorabilia or cards that, that, uh, that you collect? I do. Uh, I do have a, a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. So oh, uh, Nice. The grail. Okay. The grail. Yeah, that's a prize. That's a prize. And I actually have, uh, you know, some old game used jerseys that date back to like the, I actually have a pair of skates that date back to the very first year of NHL expansion. So, uh, you know, game used from the sixties, 1967, 68, uh, Larry Cahan, who has since passed on, uh, played for the uh, Oakland seals that year. And I do have a pair of his skates. So that's kind of fun. And I have some old, uh, old sticks in my collection as well. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love finding out. I'm, I'm a big collector, like I said, so I like talking to some people and whenever I get new people on the podcast, like to see if, if they're, you know, if they share the passion with me and if they got any cool pieces that they like to brag about, I have uh, you'll like this one, but I, I, I sold it at the national show in, in Toronto national card show probably okay. about six or seven years ago. And I'm, Oh, kicking myself every day for it. I'm so pissed at myself. But this was like a holy grail type of pull. Um, it was from uh, was it from 13, 4, no, 15, 16 SPA, SP Authentic. Uh, I pulled it. It was, uh, it was a Wayne Gretzky, Mike Bossy, on-card, gold, duo auto, short, short, short print. Like not even limited. Yeah, it was like one in 360,000 or something like that to pull like the gold short print and this one had Gretzky and bossy it was unbelievable and uh I ended up actually selling it to a a bossy collector not even a Gretzky collector but a Uh, bossy collector yeah I know (laughs) it's crazy but to this day I I wish I kept it what's that a lot of goals on that card huh? oh lots and lots (laughs) of goals on that card yeah it was a sweet sweet card uh haven't been able to replace it, that's for sure. I guess my current Grail card is, uh, well, I do have a Tops 52 Jackie Robinson, actually, which is pretty, yeah, that's a pretty good one. That is. That's impressive. That's a, R2. Yeah, absolutely. It's a funny story how I acquired that, actually. We were uh, <laughs> found it in the walls at my, my parents' house. They were doing oh. renovations. Yeah, and there was a about a dozen or so cards must've been a pack. However many cards were in a pack, maybe 10, 10 or so cards that were just kind of buried in like the wall in behind, uh, in behind the paneling or whatever. And we just found it was like, Oh, this is cool. And then one happened to be a, a a Jackie Robinson tops 52. Incredible. 
Do you pay to renovate? <laughs> right? Exactly. Pay for the renovations. No, that that I haven't sold yet. That's uh, still tucked away in the collection. I probably won't uh, won't get that one sold either. You're going to get it graded and I just kind of have it just to have because there's not many of those around either. No, that's an awesome addition to any collection. Absolutely. Uh, Gil, really appreciate you joining me. Uh, and uh, best of luck to you and your Islanders the rest of the way. Thanks, and best of luck to you and the Leafs the rest of the way as well, although right now you guys are going pretty well. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Going pretty well. 11 to 13, kind of rolling, I think, actually. Let me just let me just double-check for you, Gil. Not that your, your locked-on Islanders fans care too, too much about what's going on with the Maple Leafs, and, but I'm pretty sure this victory may have catapulted us into top spot in the division. No, still one away. Okay, so so still two points off of the Florida Panthers for top spot in the division, but in second now with a 13-6-1 and one record. Um, yeah, so doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty good for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Islanders, they got themselves a, a little bit of digging. They got to dig themselves out of the basement of the Metro because I am a firm believer that the Metro is going to produce five playoff teams. So I think the Islanders still – are definitely well in contention for one of those spots. Yeah, I can't let this losing streak go on too much longer. But, yeah, I think it's probably the deepest division in the league right now. I think so. I think so, too. Uh, Gil, let my followers and listeners know where they can find you and your show on uh, online. Okay, the show is Locked on Islanders. It's anywhere you get podcasts and on YouTube as well. And uh, you can follow me. Uh, the show is at, at Locked on Isles. And my Twitter handle is at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. All right, that will do it for us here today in the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. Gil, once again, thank you so much for joining me here tonight on Locked on Leafs. And a reminder to everybody else that you can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.